Hi, I'm Brittany. And I'm Kami. And this is the Deeply Rooted Homeschool. The heart behind this podcast is to encourage and equip you as you start or continue your homeschool journey. If you are considering homeschooling or are new to homeschooling, we created this podcast with you in mind to answer common questions. If you're just finding us, you'll want to go back and catch up on our past episodes. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome. Today, we're talking with one of my good friends, Valerie. I've known Valerie for several years now. We actually joined our co-op the same year. We have taught together in our co-op. Our girls have been in lessons together. And then this year, she's taken on a new role as a director in one of our local co-ops. Her attention to detail and commitment to excellence is inspiring. Valerie always has practical ideas on how to keep things organized and make things fun. And she's definitely always up for a road trip. She's a wife and a mom to two kids. Before she was a stay-at-home homeschool mom, she had a career in the corporate world. Today, we brought her on our podcast to discuss some of the challenges that transitioning from career woman to a stay-at-home mom can present. So welcome, Valerie. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me today. Can you tell us a little bit about your family and about your life before, your professional life, before you decided to stay at home? Yes. So I have been married for 18 years. Um, My husband and I have an eight-year-old girl and a five-year-old boy. And prior to homeschooling and being a stay-at-home mom, I worked for 13 years um, in the corporate world. My degree was in marketing, so I've had a marketing job. I did project management, program management, delivery management, just a lot of different careers over those 13 years um, before homeschooling. We have been homeschooling for five years, um, and we've been in our co-op for four years. Okay. So Valerie, you are well-versed in both the business world and now in homeschool. What prompted this decision to go from working mom to stay-at-home mom that then turned to homeschool mom? So in my 20s, I was really focused on my career. Um, I did not have my first child until I turned 30. And I always said I would not stay at home. Um, I would just go straight back to work. My career was kind of where my focus was. So after having my daughter, God put it on my heart that I needed to come home. And that was a really hard thing for me. Um, So over the next three years, I continued to work and my daughter um, stayed home and my husband watched her some. And then we had a wonderful person that came into our life to help take care of her. So that gave me three years for God to work on me and change my perspective and my priorities And after I had my son, I did not go back to work. So that was kind of the first step in this journey for me was um, how we got to be, how I came home and was a stay-at-home mom. And then that led to homeschooling later on. So let's talk about that transition from working outside the home to staying at home full-time. Because I think there's a lot of people who are there right now and they suddenly find themselves at home, whether it's by choice or not by choice in our current climate in our nation. I think all three of us in this room have been in similar seasons where we've stepped away from careers that we really worked hard for and we're proud of to stay at home full time. And um, there's a lot of challenges that we can you face when you start to go through that transition. So let's talk about some of those challenges um, when you start transitioning from working full time or even part time to staying at home full time. Valerie, what was the biggest challenge that you faced as you swapped roles? So I think the biggest challenge for me is because we had children when we were in our 30s and had worked for so long. I had a lot of professional friends. Um, 
day one of coming home, I knew no one that stayed at home and I knew no one that homeschooled. So the journey started off hard, I feel like, because it was isolating and lonely and I wasn't expecting that and I wasn't prepared for how to fix that or tackle it. Um, And I think during that time, that was a way that kind of God also worked on me to show me that I needed to rely more on him and pray about those things and not just try to solve them myself. In the corporate world, with the roles I was in, I was tasked with, you know, risk mitigation or something like that. So I'm given a task and I'm supposed to fix it and, and turn things around. When you're at home with your children, that's different. Um, managing people and having a newborn and a three-year-old is totally different, mm-hmm. totally different environment. Um, so at times it's very rewarding and you get to see the the fruits over time. But then at the same time, it's also overwhelming and exhausting and hard. Um, so some of those things I was prepared for and other things I wasn't. And I learned during that time that it took a lot of prayer. Um, and one thing that I really prayed for was that God would bring like-minded people into our lives to take this journey with us. And that's where I can look back over the past, um, almost six years and see so many people he brought into our lives that we didn't even know six years ago, um, So that's kind of one piece of it. I think the other piece of it that was hard for me was working full time when you're in a job, at least the job I was in, I was on all day long. I'm checking email, I'm in meetings, I'm interacting with people all day long. So transitioning from the busyness to where in a week you may get 100 emails and then you're at home and you're Play-Doh and you're doing driveway chalk and that's okay. That was a big mindset shift for me to get from it's okay to have downtime and just let them play and not fill their day. So at first I was like, okay, we can do this downtime. And then I'm like, well, I must be doing something wrong. I need to fill their days. Let's do (laughs) crafts and let's do science projects. And then everybody's just burned out and it's not fun. So it took literally full circle to really understand and appreciate and really figure out where I needed to be. But it wasn't a one week, a one month. I mean, it literally was like two or three years before I felt like comfortable in the role of being a stay-at-home mom and homeschooling. It just wasn't overnight for me. I agree. I mean, I think I quit working after my third child was born. And so it has taken me a good three years. Four, he's four now. And it was a three years before I felt like I really mastered being at home full time. What about you, Brittany? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It took me a while. It, it took me a while to get where where you're talking about the the scheduling. You feel I was a teacher, and so I, but I was the same way. Like you have to have a schedule. You have to fill the gaps. You have to, you know, make make everything, you know, last this whole day. And it took me a while to get to that point too, where I was like, no, you don't. You can actually just not do all of the things. Can we bring it back to uh, your point about being isolated and how you found yourself isolated at first? Yes. Um, So I remember in the beginning having a three-year-old and a newborn. And my three-year-old one day was just looking at me like, why are you still here? Like, aren't you supposed to be at work? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm at home with you now. And thinking that this is so different and coming up with a different routine and different people. And really it's almost like starting over. It's like when you start a career, you're at that first job and you meet people and then you network and you move to a different job. But at home, it's, it's almost, I feel like harder for a stay at home mom to get plugged in. Like you can go to the park, but do you really walk up to people like, hi, do you want to be my new stay at home (laughs) mom friend? I mean, that's not awkward at all. So I think 
finding ways to meet people. And really for me, I had to put myself out there. I'm kind of an introvert and I learned how much more of an introvert I was by being a stay at home mom. So I really had to push myself. And I think that first year was maybe harder for me on purpose because God wanted to show me what I was missing, what I needed and lead me in the direction I needed to go. And gradually people started showing up as we signed up for a class. I'd meet another homeschool mom. And I don't believe any of those encounters when I look back were chance that way we found our co-op. I was at the bank one day making a deposit and I met the director of the co-op that way. So he orchestrated all these people that he gradually plugged into our life. And now we have so many friends that stay at home and homeschool. And I really think the isolation is hard. So if you can find ways to plug in early and not take a year or so like it did for me, um, that will help you on your journey. I've now I've talked to people that have homeschooled before and they started out with like middle school or high schoolers and they didn't continue because they didn't join a co-op and you don't have to, but they didn't have that community. And We're taking a different path. It's harder at times. I think you really need that support system. You need friends that you can say, oh my gosh, this math curriculum is not working. It's hard. What should I do? Or just stick in there, you know, hang in there. It's going to get better. And so I think that's a good point that you need somebody who's done it, who's homeschooled a little bit longer than you have, as well as people in your same kind of season that you're currently in. Um, And then people that are just starting out so you can kind of pay it forward and help those families too. And that's one thing I really enjoy doing because I felt like, or I know I wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't for all these other families and some of these really strong women that have poured into my life and our family's life. So I think if you are an experienced homeschooler, find a family that's just starting out and help them. They may not even know what to ask, but that's one way that you really can bless another family. And you have to be intentional. It has to be something that you just go after. And it's hard. I'm an introvert as well, and I think Brittany is as well. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you're introverted and you don't want to put yourself out there. Right. but, But you need that more than you even know you need it. Uh, you need the the mentors. You need the people that can pour into you so you can pour into your kids. Right. Okay. So I like how you said earlier that it was it was really overwhelming for you at first. And you you know, you've kind of talked about that quite a bit. But what's one thing you wish that you had known before starting this transition? So I think before starting the transition, I wish I would have known um how important the community was and how if I knew, I knew for three years I might come home. And then especially once I got pregnant with my son, like we thought we were pretty confident I wouldn't go back to work, but I kept waiting to make that firm decision because, you know, you're, it, it's a big decision to um, make a change like that. So I think for me, if I had known up front that I was going to come home and I knew that it'd be hard doing it on my own. I would have been more proactive early on to find ways to plug in um, or to look for groups or reach out to other moms that I knew had homeschooled and how did you meet friends or just other stay-at-home moms. But I think I just, 
I went in, I can do this because that's kind of how I conquered things in my job and my career is I can do this. I can read a book or ask someone that's a subject matter expert and things like that, where this is different. Um, so the isolation kind of caught me off guard. So I think if I could go back, I would prepare for that and try to just find like-minded friends or find people that could help guide me to other people really ask for help. I think you have to break out of that. And some people are great at that. That just wasn't something I was great at. So I had to kind of own that weakness and work through it. So I would echo that community is super important because our first year was my oldest son's kindergarten year. And I thought the same thing. I can do this. Like, and I have an education background, but not in kindergarten, in secondary education. But I still thought I can put together a curriculum. I can have my own frameworks. I, I can do this. I, I can do this well. Um and, and the year went fine, like education-wise. He learned the things he needed to learn, but I was so lonely. And it wasn't until the end of the year that it really hit me that I needed friends that were like-minded, that were um, doing the same things I was doing to come alongside me. So while this uh, this episode isn't necessarily about community, um, I think that we can all agree it's super important. And I think the other thing for me too, so that was kind of the first phase of coming at home. And then once I was at home and we made the decision later on to homeschool, that was kind of the second piece for me was finding people that homeschooled. I have no teaching background. Um, I knew nothing about educating a child besides what I could research on Pinterest or homeschool blogs or YouTube videos. So I really felt I was called to homeschool, but I felt I could... I don't know that I couldn't do it, but just not equipped. I was used to being trained and feeling prepared when I walked into something. And I'm like, okay, even though this is preschool, I feel like I'm walking in blind. So that first year, you know, just bought a box curriculum and I was like, it's preschool. I can't mess this up or I hope I can't. <laughs> so by the time it was time for kindergarten, you know, we had joined a co-op and that's where I really learned about homeschooling and the experienced moms poured into the people that were just coming in and it really helped. So the people pouring back into us was another piece that um, was extremely helpful. But I wish I had known up front that going into homeschooling, I could do it no matter what background. I think I had a lot of preconceived notions. So that was something for me that if I had up front researched co-ops or um, talk to other homeschool moms and just kind of went in, well, you know, if this is what God called us to, if this is what God has called us to do, um, it's going to work out. And it did, but I think there were things that I just didn't even know where to begin. I think the previous podcast that explains where to homeschool and how to start is excellent. And if I'd had something like that, I would have felt a lot better equipped to start out instead of just kind of winging it the first year. And thank you for saying that you didn't feel equipped because personally, um, every other guest that we've had on the show and, and Brittany included, they're all teaching backgrounds. They all have a teaching degree. I don't and you don't. And so I think that um, it's real easy for people who aren't teachers to feel mm -hmm. not able to homeschool their kids. 
And in reality, you can. And you have every tool at your disposal that you need. You just have to go find them. You have to be intentional and go find them. Yes. And I think in a way, it may be easier sometimes for people that don't have the teaching background because I don't know what a public school classroom is supposed to look like. I don't have to deprogram myself. I kind of just reinvent the wheel. I can research and read books and stuff like that. But I've never had that structure that you kind of want to do your own thing and maybe not have that same structure at home. So to me, I think that is one positive for it. No, you're right. You're totally right about that because I got stuck in the, it needs to look this way. It needs to sound this way and it will be successful. But I quickly found that my kid works differently and my second kid works differently than the first kid. And if I did things in the exact same way, I would be doing them a disservice. So once I got to know them and know what they needed, it was just, it was way smoother after that. So you're completely right about that. So you've kind of talked about what was harder than you thought it was going to be, this challenge of being alone and isolated and finding community. But um, what would you think was easier than you thought it was going to be? So I think once I let go of my expectations of what the homeschool should look like, I would say probably year two or three, it got easier. I made it harder than it should be. Um, I, my daughter, bless her, she was the guinea pig by being the first and <laughs> me learning. So her first year or two was filled with so much stuff. And then as I got to know other moms and learned how I could simplify things or make it more engaging or different ways for her to learn, um, it helped. It helped us have a better relationship where it wasn't schoolwork and so much of it. It's amazing how much a child can learn in a short amount of time if you approach it the right way. They don't have to have 15 worksheets in a day. They can have one. They can learn by hands-on. Um, you can go for a walk and they're learning. And I think part of that was just training myself how to think different. And once I did that, it came easier. It's as simple as sitting out in the driveway when you're doing sidewalk chalk with your kids and they're three and you're like, who made the tree? God made the tree. Are all the trees the same? No, God makes things different. So I think it's little things like that that you really have to teach yourself to look for and find small moments to teach them. And it's not always structure and worksheets and curriculum and things like that. It's taking those other moments and using those to pour into your kids. That's freedom. That's the freedom of homeschooling. Yes. Right? You find that freedom the longer but, you do it. Yes. And I was so structured up front because I didn't want to mess up. I didn't want to miss anything. Um, and now I've let that go. And there's times where, if, um, and I think the other thing too, is I felt like, okay, well, in public school, they read at this age. In public school, they do multiplication at this age. And I had to let go of those. I had to um, let go of those for my household and then for my individual children. Cause I have one that's an early reader and one that he has no interest in reading. And in probably early on, I would have pushed that. Now I know to just, it's going to happen. He's not going to go to college and not know how to read. So I have mm -hmm. to just give him time and let him develop at his own pace. So I think that was one thing that now is easier for me, but it really took other moms encouraging me. I didn't get to that point on my own and just seeing that after a year or two, how they learn and it doesn't have to be strict or it doesn't have to be hard. I don't have to have eight hours of schoolwork for them to do. Um, 
but I didn't trust that at first. I think it took me a while to get to that point. Okay. So we've, we've kind of been talking about this already, but one of the biggest things most of us face is figuring out how to have a daily rhythm when the eight to five Monday to Friday rhythm is no longer a part of our, our lives. So how did you manage creating a structure or a routine in your home? So that for me was a learning process as well. So when I quit my job, I remember someone saying to me, you realize you cannot go home and project manage your kids. And I'm like, (laughs) I know that, but I kind of think that's what I tried to do in the beginning because I needed, when you work or back when I worked, you see progress, you see accomplishment, you see things you're doing as you move. And a lot of times when you're at home, you don't see that. So I felt like I needed to fill it up and do things so we were showing progress, showing that we did something. Um, But I think for me, I had to kind of let go of that too. Um, We have a loose structure at home. My kids do better with some type of structure and some type of schedule. So they know, you know, in the morning when they get up, they have free time. Um, They know kind of what time we start school, usually nine o'clock-ish, sometimes 9.30-ish. And then they know once our schoolwork's done and then our day kind of progresses from there. One thing that um, we started doing probably two or three years ago is we also do quiet time. So that's a time in the afternoon that we all have a break from each other. I feel like my kids are a little bit introverted too. So at some point we just need to go grab a book, go to our rooms, they do art, they play with Legos, whatever it may be. Early on, I was not as good about it because I'd use that time to like do everything around the house. Then they come out of their break and I'm tired and I didn't have a break. So I've really had to be diligent about taking a little pocket of time for me during the day, whether it's to read a book or do a Bible study or maybe even to watch the show on Netflix, just to have a little bit of time to decompress, especially during busy seasons and take a break. And I notice when we do that, then we all come out and we're recharged. We're good. We're ready to go. I won't say we do it every day and it's strict. I mean, if we're playing with friends or we're in the pool, I'm not gonna be like, okay, kids, it's two (laughs) o'clock. Let's go do quiet time. So, but it's just something that has been beneficial for our family. And I see that it works to just have that break when we have time to take that break, especially when we're really busy. So. Well, you lead me right into my next point is that something that we all struggle with, whether we homeschool or we're just a stay at home mom, because I've been in, in both of those seasons, um, is, is finding time for yourself, uh, in the stay at home parent game, the start and end point just vanish. Like you don't have a starting and an ending point to your day anymore. And so sometimes we can find ourselves getting burned out really quickly because it seems like our job is never done. And so how do you find those moments and that break time? What do you do? Do you have a set time every week that you go somewhere and do something by yourself? Talk to me about that a little okay, bit. Okay. So I think the the quiet time that I do is one thing. Um, I also have done ladies Bible studies before. I think that's a way to meet other women. And sometimes I may not want to go. I'm tired. We've had a long day or we've been busy, but I go and I immediately feel better. I think it's the same way. Like when you go to church on Sunday, not that you don't want to go to church, but you, you go, you get there. And then afterwards you've been poured back into, so you're like, okay, I can conquer a few more days. And if you go to a ladies Bible study, I feel like it's the same way. Um, so I think that's one thing that I've tried to do over the years. So I, it's, it's another form of community. It's another form of meeting, you know, like-minded people, but then also you're learning, you know, more about the Bible at the same time. So it's kind of multiple things you're getting out of that. 
Okay. I also think exercise is important. It's a time that I kind of can do something by myself. I don't exercise inside my home with my kids. I know some moms have to, but I think if there's a time that you can get outside and even just walk around your block for a little bit of time, it's a way to clear your head or pray while you do it or listen to a podcast or music. It's just a little bit of one-on-one time that you get that you don't get during the day. So I try to do that throughout the week too. Some weeks I may not have any time and then other weeks I do. And I can always tell, especially if I make myself get up early enough in the morning to do it, my day is just better. Like it helps the way my attitude is and how I feel and my energy level too. And and that kind of brings up an interesting point that your your relationship, it has to shift a little bit with your spouse. You have to be able to communicate with your spouse and say, okay, I have time out. I have to go for a little bit and I'll come back a better mom and a better wife and a better homeschool parent. But whatever that is, whether it's exercising or, hey, making the sacrifice to get to a Tuesday night Bible study or making the sacrifice to get up at 5 a.m. and go run, whatever. Oh, I don't do 5 a.m. You know, but but whatever that is, there's a a sacrifice involved because there is no longer this like, well, I can just do that on my way home from work. You don't have on the way home from work anymore. Mm -hmm. You're just at work. So you have to kind of figure that out. That's a thing you have to navigate with your spouse. Yes. And I think another way, even though it's not complete time for yourself, is um, having play dates. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's something that I have people ask about. You know, how do you do play dates? Well, you just find a friend or find a friend that has kids your age and you just kind of become friends that way. You're friends with the parents who your kids are friends with. But that's a way too that, you know, while the kids are playing, you can have good conversation and build those relationships. So I think that's another way that I try to make sure I'm kind of pouring into myself. Friends don't happen overnight. I mean, you have to work at those relationships and continue to reach out to people, especially when people are so busy. So, you know, making sure those relationships grow and you nurture them, that's one thing that's always been important to me on this journey. And then after you have that relationship with somebody, you feel a little bit more comfortable. Hey, I'm going to get all the boys today. You guys all have a break and then we'll kind of swap and you kind of develop that kind of a relationship with people where you do get a relief valve every once in a while because you trust your friends that you have created this community with. Yes. Okay. So we try to offer little bits of practical advice to our listeners who are trying to figure this all out. What advice do you have for anyone who is in this season of figuring out how to be home in this new capacity? Okay, so I have a couple of things. The first two are actually books. So anytime I meet someone and they're fixing to start on the homeschool journey, I always tell them before you start researching and reading online and listening to a ton of things, because if you do that, I think there's like a 99% chance you're going to be overwhelmed at some point. I always tell them my favorite book is Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie. Yes. So I just, and I really try to reread that book every summer because I think it resets and reminds me why I'm on this journey and what the purpose is and what I'm supposed to be doing. Obviously, it doesn't tie into curriculum, but it it shows you why God has called you to do this, what your purpose is for your family and for your children and how all that fits together. I have the book highlighted. I have notes in it. I have marks in it. But it's interesting when I go back year after year and I see what I've marked up, I'm like, oh, yep, I did not do a good job at that. Or, okay, I'm finding, I'm changing. I'm getting the hang of things. So I think that's a great, a great book. Um, I think another book that I recently discovered from a recommendation from Kami this past year is The Introverted Mom by Jamie Martin. 
And I feel like this book is good even if you're not a full introverted mom. If you think, oh, maybe I'm a little bit. There's just so much in there that will speak to your heart and make you think you're normal when you're thinking, why why is it this way if I go do this? Or why do I feel this way? Um, the book just has a lot of really good good information in it. And especially if you have an introverted kid, it actually gave me insight into some of my children's behavior and my behavior and how we interact and how we interact with other people. So that's another really good book. You may not be an introvert now. And then once you come home and you leave your career and you're at home with your kids, it changes you. I feel like my personality has changed my perspective a lot. I have changed a lot over the past six years. So that was a really good book. So those are my two book recommendations. The last thing I would tell you is to pray. Pray a lot and pray specific. We prayed specifically that God would bring friends into our life. And he answered that prayer abundantly. We pray that he would bring resources into our life, that he would continue to provide for our family so we didn't need two incomes. And I feel like this was the path he was leading us on. And all these things that were on this list that I had, I'm a list person, of things that needed to happen for for me to be able to stay at home or for me to be able to homeschool. He continued to provide those things. Um, Even when there was times that I had doubt and I prayed for this to go away, I'm like, I'm too scared to come home. I'm too scared to walk away from my career. You know, what do I do if I quit for six months and then I need to go back? That career's not going to be there. Um, So there were times where I just prayed for it to get off my heart and it didn't. So I knew that's what... I was supposed to do. So I felt like as we continued to pray for specific things, he would provide. It may not be in the exact way I had envisioned. It may be a different path or, you know, a circle eight or something different, but he hasn't let us down yet. So I would just tell you to pray, pray often, pray specific. There's going to be hard days. There's going to be bad days. Um, There's going to be challenges, But just pray through those and know that you'll be able to look back and see how he provided or how he delivered you through those things. And I think that's another thing that has been really helpful for me on this journey. And I don't think I did it until I stayed at home and homeschooled was really looking back and finding specific things because I prayed specific things. I could find specific ways that God answered those, just like how we met friends at an art class and how I met a co-op director at the bank. Those aren't coincidences. I know those people were put there at that specific time to continue us on our path. Okay, Val, as we wrap up, what is something else that you have to encourage people? So I think one thing for me that was really big was a Bible verse that um, was brought to my attention early on in this journey. And it's Romans 12 too. So I'm going to read it to you real quick. It says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And for me, this has meant a lot of different things. Obviously, I've changed a lot on this journey. He's changed me personally as just a person. He's changed me as a mom, um, as a homeschool mom now. But I think one thing that was big is it's okay to be different. Homeschooling is different. Um, It doesn't conform to the world. You're choosing to do something that's different. You're not being forced to. You're making a willing choice. Um, And it's something God's called you to do. So I think that's important. And it took me kind of a year or two to embrace that and be okay with telling people, yes, I homeschool. And I'm proud of that. And I own it. But in the beginning, 
it was just different. And I think part of it is I didn't have that community of people that were kind of like me. So I had to find people that homeschooled as well on that journey. But as you know, all throughout your life, you can look back and see decisions you've made that are different than other people. And this one's no different. So I think that's something that um, if you're making the decision to homeschool, especially if you're pulling your kids out of public school and you're going on a homeschooling journey, you have to know there's going to be people that think what you're doing is different. Um, They may not agree with you and that's okay. Uh, Just pray about it and know that this is what you're supposed to be doing and stay on that path. And there may come a time where you don't homeschool. You may not do it for all 12 or 13 years, but the season you're in, if you know this is where you're supposed to be, don't let that discouragement come in there and and kind of seep in. And I had to really work at that. And that's what this Bible verse continues to pull me back to is not to transform and blend in and do the do what everybody else is doing that sometimes it's okay to stand out and be different. And that's hard for me. I think that's hard. If you're an introvert, it's hard for just all different types of people. So that was one thing I really had to work on. So I would just encourage people to, um, not only pray about it, but this was a Bible verse that spoke to me. Ask God to bring one to you or during a Bible study, find ones that speak to you and really focus on that um, at the beginning of your journey. And then you can go back to it later and see how that Bible verse has transformed you or changed you. Valerie, those are all such amazing points. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. We always like to end with a fun question. So can you tell us what is your favorite homeschool supply? Okay, so I have several. Of course. Because um, we love our homeschool supplies. I know. That's probably like one of the really fun things is the the school supplies. Okay, so one of my favorites would be the friction pins. Um, I like the erasable ones, and they work great. No smearing, no smudging. My kids love them. It's fun color, so it's great for handwriting or math work. You can erase it if there's a mistake, but then it kind of – makes it fun instead of a boring pencil. And, you know, it's not every day you hand your four or five-year-old a pen and say, go do homework. But those are kind of safe to (laughs) let a younger kid have. Um, I also love the removable tabs that are writable. So they're great for using as bookmarks um, in your workbooks that your kids have or books that you're reading. Um, Another great one is magnetic bookmarks. So we use those a lot too. Um, And then one of my favorite ones to use with my kids. So we laminate a lot of their worksheets. So of course, laminator would be on the list. So, but with laminated worksheets, we found there's a lot of different markers that are not friendly with them. So the Crayola washable markers um, are really the best to use. You can wipe them off with a wet wash rag or a baby wipe or anything like that. And then your sheet is not stained or kind of marked up. Believe it or not, dry waste markers do not work best on laminate sheets. Yes, I spent a whole summer testing which ones would work the best on the laminated sheets. I think we use the washable markers. I think that's where we ended up. Yeah, your recommendation. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Valerie, for joining us today. We are so thankful that you came on and shared your wisdom and your experience with us. Um, Because making a huge transition in your life like that is not easy, and I think that it's important that people hear what you had to say today. If y'all don't mind, I'd like to just pray to close us out today. Lord God, I just thank you so much for Valerie. Thank you for bringing her into my life and into Brittany's life. I thank you that uh, she was willing to come on and share all of her experience with us today. Lord, I pray for every single person that's listening right now, God, that 
if they are just starting this homeschool journey and maybe they're feeling isolated and alone, God, that you would just put people in their path, whether that's at the at the bank making a deposit, Lord, or at the playground at the park, wherever they may be, God, that you would let people cross their paths that would encourage them and spur them on to goodness in their homeschool journey, God. I pray that you would provide uh, community for, for the moms and the dads, as well as for the kids, that you would just create a, a network and a community for each and every person that is listening and, and going through this homeschool journey, Lord. I pray that you would give each and every homeschool parent that's listening right now a boldness and a conviction to know that you have called them to homeschool, Lord, that they would not be afraid of what the world has to say about them. They would not be intimidated by those um, dissenting voices around them, Lord. Thank you that you help us to walk out what you have called us to do, Lord, and that you will equip us. You will cover all those gaps for us as we walk out what you are calling us to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you were blessed and encouraged today. Check us out on social media at the Deeply Rooted Homeschool. We'll see you next time.